this is the Jazz Matters podcast and I'm Darren Harper. This is episode 14 and in this episode we'll be learning all about jazz drummer, percussionist and the owner of the FMR record label, Trevor Taylor. If you've just discovered our podcast, you have plenty to catch up on. We've already spoken to people from across the jazz scene all over the world, and we've got some more incredible guests lined up in the coming weeks. Head over to jazzmatters.net where you can find all previous episodes and find out more about the Jazz Matters project, what we're up to, and how you can support the cause. We've got loads to get through this time around, so we'll get straight on with it. The music in this episode is taken from some of Trevor Taylor's huge back catalogue of recorded material. Much of his work consists of detailed works with track lengths that are not ideal for a 30-minute show, so we'll be featuring some extracts from a variety of those projects. Kicking us off is a recording made in 1974 that was only released on the FMR record label in 2001. It's an extract from a track called Eclipse on an album entitled Music for Solo Percussion. This is immediately followed by the introduction to an electronic music track called Orion, recorded in 2009, and it was written especially for a festival performance in Uzbekistan. Thank you. 
When Trevor Taylor was about 14 years old, he started to develop an interest in music. However, his initial interests were a world away from the music he would go on to spend a lifetime creating. At that time, he was listening to popular music artists such as Cliff Richard and the Shadows. Around this time, a neighbour gifted him a snare drum, and he decided he would like to learn how to play the drums. This eventually led on to formal lessons with a number of teachers, but still, Trevor knew nothing of jazz music. It was a friend by the name of Steve Petchy who, in a music lesson at school one day, played Trevor a Shorty Rogers track, and the reaction was a feeling that lives with Trevor to this very day, a feeling that sent him on a lifelong journey. I remember the feeling I had so strongly because it was like if you imagine a jigsaw, a thousand piece jigsaw, you know, when the jigsaw is made, you see everything, everything's in its place, you understand it, you understand what the picture on the jigsaw is, you know. Take the jigsaw, throw it up in the air, so you've got a thousand pieces on the floor. The jigsaw is there, but you can't understand it. There's no way you can relate to what you were looking at in the finished thing. And that's how I felt about this music. All the component parts of music seem to be there. But I couldn't understand them. I couldn't understand why they were doing what they were doing in relation to what I'd been listening to before, which was obviously much more simplistic. So having for some reason this um, personality of mine where I like to find out, I have to find out, I can't just say it's rubbish, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I had to try and find out. So I did. So that started me off in in trying to find out what jazz was. And whenever people ask me about jazz, especially the people who come out of the classic, I don't like jazz. I normally say, I, I remember my little experience, and I say, well, hang on, are you sure that you don't like it? Or are you really saying that you don't understand it? And therefore, your ego won't allow you to accept it. So you're saying, I must know better because I'm a superior being. Therefore, if I don't understand it, it must be rubbish. So therefore, it gets, you know, you you go you you carry on ignore it and just say well that's a load of rubbish you know? and the amount of people I can tell you over fifty years who say they don't understand don't like jazz and what they really mean is they don't understand it and can't be bothered to find out. By the nineteen seventies, as Trevor came into his twenties, his love of jazz continued to grow, and in particular, he started to develop a real passion for free jazz. Already starting to establish a career as a professional drummer, he was starting to feel that improvised music was the only true music as an art form. The concept of creating music completely free of preconceived form was something that Trevor embraced and which started to make more and more sense to him. You wouldn't dream of going up to a a painter say, a great abstract painter with a great reputation, you know, who's well-known in the jazz world, saying, hello, mate, next time you do a painting, I'm sorry, but you've got to have this little painting in numbers template. You've got to have it. There's number four, that's a red, and that little squiggle around there, that's eight, you've got to paint that in white. I mean, it's a sheer concept. It's laughable. You wouldn't insult somebody's intelligence like that. What do 99% of musicians do? But you see, people don't think intellectually about music. They don't think about the logic of it. Do we need the composer? Do we need somebody else to tell us what to do or what to play? I'd say, no, we don't. And people say to me, well, if this music's so great, 
why don't people like it? Why is it so unpopular? It's not liked by people. It's not liked because it's very sophisticated music with a language that you have to learn. And if you don't know that language, it's baffling. It's, it's the same as you switch on the telly and somebody's speaking another language. You, you don't know what's going on. You really would like to know what they're talking about, but you, you can't understand it. You can pick out the odd thing, but that's all. The same with the music. If you're not prepared to learn the, ma- the language, then you won't understand it. It will be like that jigsaw, a massive mess that you do not get. Since his 20s, Trevor has gone on to establish a long career playing modern jazz, a style that does have some degree of form, but leaves room for the improvisation and creativity that Trevor craves. However, this has run parallel with his continued playing of free music, and in addition to this, a career playing contemporary classical music. But the story of Trevor Taylor is even bigger than a mere 50-year career as a professional musician. Back in the 1960s, Trevor opened the Balmoral Studio in Westcliff-on-Sea, Essex, which started as a rehearsal space and developed into a recording studio, which played host to both local and international artists. In 1979, Trevor opened a music store called Future Music in Essex, in the UK. This quickly grew into a successful chain of six stores spread right across the south of the country. However, partly due to frustrations at this time over the advent of technology into live music, Trevor, by his own admission, started to become disillusioned with that side of the business and started to scale it back. However, one project Trevor doesn't seem to grow disillusioned with is his 1988 creation, the FMR Record Label, a label set up to take a different view on promoting music and a project that is still very much alive, 31 years later. In, in 88, I decided to start a record label dedicated just to, um, to music which wasn't commercially based. In other words, none of the music we put out was based on how many we were going to sell. It was in no way, you know. Um, and that started in 88, and here we are, you know, um, 2019, some th- into the 31st year of that, 600 CDs later, still going had some difficult times as you do and of course the, the problem at the moment is that you have to try and compete with streaming and um, the digital era but we're still going so I'm very pleased I did that because it gave an opportunity for lots of people who are very good players very making interesting music to get their stuff out and available to people if people will make a choice to listen to it Some more music now. Here is a short clip of a track called Cathedral. It's taken from an album by Aero entitled Yosemite Falls and features Trevor Taylor on gongs and electronics and the brilliant Zach Barrett on soprano saxophone.
I don't think there is much doubt that Trevor Taylor has earned the right to have an opinion on the music industry. He is clearly extremely passionate about improvised and creative music. There is much that he talks about with extreme positivity, but he is certainly not afraid to voice his frustrations. When it comes to the music industry, there is one word that keeps cropping up in conversations with Trevor. One single thing that he feels is responsible for so much that is wrong, not only with the jazz scene, but with the music industry in general. That word is capitalism. Capitalism takes everything like a food mixer, puts it in, and minxes it out to, to whenever it can make to manufacture and sell to the mass and the masses. So capitalism needs to make money. That's what's the principle of it. So what do you do to make money? You, you try and find things which will sell to as many people as possible. The trouble is, is that something that should be done to art? Should you take art and just try and turn it into a product to be sold to people? I don't think so. I think the principle of art is completely different. It's not to be subjugated in any way by anything. Is, that's the very reason for it, is to reflect on what happens and to say why it's bad not to be a part of the problem. We must use this word capitalism because it is what creates that problem. People don't talk about politics and music, but politics are music. Because, you know, the, the stuff you hear on the radio is controlled by people who have pre-formulated ideas of what will sell to them, the majority of people. So they say, well, we must have a bass drummer in, in doing it primeval, you know, primal rhythm at a certain beats per minute. You know, so the masses, you, know, you get as many people you think will like that. It's not about people using their brain and trying to understand something. It's about a product that you, you sell, like some beans in Sainsbury's. You know, it's, and that's not, for me, what art is about. Still performing and recording regularly with a whole range of musicians and with FMR Records still recording and releasing a constant stream of music, you may be excused for believing that Trevor Taylor would be too busy to take on much else. However, that belief would be wrong. On top of this, Trevor has been acting as a promoter for live music events for many, many years. Trevor sees this as another way of getting music out into the public domain and something that he feels is extremely important. He ran the jazz bar at Southend-on-Sea's iconic Cliffs Pavilion Theatre for 17 years. He runs Jazz 825 at the Railway Hotel in the same town and works with the Jazz Centre UK to put on monthly shows where they get the benefit of Trevor's expertise in specific areas of music to give a real variety to their wider programme. So having enjoyed a life playing drums and percussion, I was surprised to read an old interview with Trevor, in which he was quoted as saying he wished in hindsight he'd avoided the drums altogether and learned a different instrument. I raised this with Trevor and he reconfirmed it to be true. However, the reason for this was a surprise. Again, it came back to other people's preconceptions of music.
it, again, we come up to this problem of what is expected from a drummer. What are you expected to do? Are you, you know, you know, do you have to do a certain thing to be called a drummer? What what is expected? Um, if you try to to really try to expand the art of what drumming is, you have lots of problems. The number one is that you don't get booked. You know, a lot of band leaders will say, "I want you. You're a drum machine. You're going to sit at the back of the hall in the shadows, knocking out a rhythm for me. I'll be the star out the front, taking it all." Now, as I say, I believe in equality. I believe all musicians are equal. There aren't stars. Everybody contributes an equal amount, or should do. And coming back to other things like timing, a lot of people say, "Oh, it's four four musicians and a drummer," as if the drummer is somehow subversive to the other musicians. You know, he's not as good as them, which is ludicrous and stupid. Um, and people think that you okay. Let's the drummer must therefore carry the time, um, and the other musicians rely on the drummer for time. No, wrong completely. Every musician plays time. When you're playing something. You're playing time. You're playing a phrase which has to be in time. It's not the drummer, drummer's job to, job to teach you how to play time any more than it's his job to tell you how to play a scale. You know, it's your job. We all work together, and when you play in a great band, there's never a problem with time. When you're playing with a bad one, there is. You know, for example, the saxophone player is not very good and he can't keep up, so he drags the beat down. He drags everything down. The drummer gets the f- fault for that. It's the drummer's fault. It's not the drummer's fault. It's everybody's fault. It's, it's the expectation of other musicians about what they think you should do. You know, I don't tell them what to do, but I have expectations of what they think I should do, which I I don't agree with. However, a drummer and percussionist, Trevor most definitely is and he continues to produce a huge amount of music. Just a selection of his recorded releases, all available on FMR Records, over the last year or so, include Cell with Circuit Electric Acoustic Ensemble, Through the Rings of Saturn with the Electrophonic Art Trio, Luminos with Jose Carner, Dan Banks and Josh Ison, and a simply huge project named Sonifications. Sonifications is um, a link to the problems of climate change. You know, climate change is a massive problem for humanity and we have to try and get people to understand what those problems are. You know, it's another message, another thing where the vast majority of people don't want their lives to be upset by the, the truth. They want to hide from it and carry on doing all the things that they do, you know. And we have to try and help people to try and understand the problems which are affecting our our world and what we can do about them. So a friend of mine, Dan Banks, who's a great piano player, who I work with quite a lot, he um, came up with this idea of sonifications. And sonifications is um, a way of taking music, of taking data from an abstract or non-abstract source and turning it into music. Um, and what he started to do, he, he took a lot of, data from, for example, NASA about climate change from, you know, for example, sea levels, um, receding ice, and turned that data into music. So we started this project, Sonifications, which we finished now recording this. It's a double album, actually, with some video as well, with a 30-page booklet, which explains all about it. Um, 
Yeah, and that features myself on drums, percussion, Dan Banks on piano, and the wonderful Josie Carner on double bass.
Our final musical extract of this episode, that was taken from Movement 3, Human Catastrophe, from the Sonifications album, The Anthropocene Epoch. Well, sadly, that is all we have time for in this episode. My thanks go to Trevor Taylor for his time, and as always, to you for listening. You can find Trevor's work along with a huge catalogue of music at fmr-records.com. And of course, that link will be in the show notes for those listening on a podcast platform. Please do rate and review the Jazz Matters podcast wherever you listen to us or drop us a line to let us know what you think. And be sure to follow us across social media for our latest updates. We have got some very exciting episodes coming up over the rest of the summer, so just watch out for those announcements. But that's it from me. I'll catch you next time.